welcome to another episode of Playing with Research in Health and Physical Education. Uh, Risto here with George Mason University. Uh, today we're going to do something a bit different. Um, I want to give you a little background on why we even do these podcasts. Um, the goal is to disseminate research and to spur discussion, and sometimes selfishly in my own classes and our own classes. Um, but anyone should be able to you know, feel free to use these in whatever way they see fit, whether it's in a college class or just listening to get some new ideas. Now, uh, many of these podcasts are meant as lead-ins to instruction, just as we would have students read some article or chapter before we discuss a class. Um, the same could be done with podcasts such as this. So, Today, uh, I'm going to cover a curriculum model that is widely used in physical education. Uh, now, some of you may already be f uh, very familiar with this, and, and that's great. Um, others, like perhaps university students who are just learning about this model, or teachers who didn't learn this model while studying university, may not be as familiar. So, this is directed at that latter group. The model I will attempt to explain is the tactical games model. And to give you a, a bit of a background here, uh, this is sometimes called as Teaching Games for Understanding, or what you'll see a lot as an acronym is TGFU. Um, long story short here, uh, this model originated in the UK as TGFU, so that's with Thorpe, Bunker, and Almond, uh, and it was brought to the US through a collaboration and um, moved more into an instructional model that they call uh, Tactical Games Approach, and this was, um, pretty much with Griffin, Mitchell, and Oslin in 97. So that's the term I'm going to use going forward is the tactical games approach. So I know that tactical games is not exactly like TGFU, but we can debate that with some other smart person someday on another podcast. Now, you can imagine that the tactical game is a model about tactics. All right, so the goal essentially is to use developmentally appropriate game-like learning activities that really focus on specific tactical problems in a sport or game. So the students would first cognitively figure out what the issue is. Um, say, for example, they don't have success in moving the ball on offense in basketball. And then they're guided to figure out what to do in order to fix that problem. And that's guiding is being, going to be done by the teacher. And then they practice the scenario, which then hopefully leads to success later on down the line. All right. So essentially, the mo uh, model is based on the idea that students learn best if they understand what to do before they actually understand how to do it. Look, you're going to see PE teachers all around the world use games and sports to teach in PE. That part is nothing new. In the traditional setting, the, the dreaded multi-sport curriculum, you're presented with the problem. And this is the problem that I present to my class. So you're planning a seventh grade soccer unit. What will be the lesson focus for each day? Okay, making sure that there's days there for gameplay. Now, most uh, first time students will come up and say, okay, we got a day one start with passing. Day two, we'll go to dribbling. Then we'll talk about shooting. Uh, then blah, 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 blah. Right. Then at the end, they'll put some scrimmage or they'll even go straight to gameplay sooner. Now, that's the normal setup of an old school PE class. Clearly, I'm not a super big fan of that, uh, but even structurally, it's not great. The kids learn in a setting that's structured, in closed skill settings, the good old skill and drill, 
And then they're expected to then magically put this into a competitive environment or a game-like scenario. So the visual I want you to get here is a student who spends a few days passing a soccer ball back and forth with their partner in class and then go into a round-robin tournament uh, and gets a pass while the defender's rushing at them now. And they just toe-punt the crap out of the ball with zero accuracy to get it as far away from them as possible. Now, the correct scenario would be to trap the ball, keep your head up, look for someone to pass to, decide to pass accurately, or turn and dribble, or make a decision to turn and pass, or fake and pass. It goes on and on, right? So there are a ton of options to the player, but they're just not taught in the traditional setting often. So here's where the tactical games approach comes in. It emphasizes decision-making and understanding the application of skills within a game concept. Um, so think of it like this. Physical education promotes lifetime physical activity by exposing students to new activities, making it fun, and promoting skill development. And there are a lot of different purposes to physical education, and we can discuss those later. But skill development means more than just simple, discrete skills. Okay, so think about the game of basketball. If you can pass, dribble, and shoot, will you be effective? Your first initial answer might be, yeah, sure, those are skills that you need in basketball. I would argue no, because playing the real game involves more than just discrete skills. It needs a combination of skills. Drive and shoot, doing a, a layup under pressure, rebounding and putting it back up, all right? Boxing out and passing, all right? And different tactics. Are we playing a zone defense? Do you know how to play a zone defense? Can you do a pick and roll? What about the option of doing double teams, right? Units that only teach discrete skills in a closed setting followed by complex games, whether that complex game is a three-on-three -three basketball game, sets students up for failure. So I'm going to give a sneak peek here to what it is as a model, and then we can break it down. Um, and I don't remember which book this quote is from. Um, it may be from Metzler's Instructional Models in Physical Education, uh, which is a great place to start if you're looking to learn about models. Um, and that's not a paid endorsement. I just like that book. All right, I digress. So the quote is, as a middle school student once said, so we play the game, figure out what we need to do, practice it, then play again to see if we can do it, right? Exactly, right? So the sequence in a nutshell is, you start off with a game, which may also be the warm up, and it will explain that. Then you go into tactical awareness questions, then to practice, and then to a game or how I speed it up, game one, questions, practice, game two. So if you zone out during podcasts, like I do sometimes, this is the important part. So the tactical games approach, as simply as it can be put, is game one, questions, practice, game two. Right. So step one. Now, you may need a warm-up, right? So the warm-up is optional in certain cases. When it is optional... Right? The introductory activity can serve as the warm-up. So your game one is slower pace. It starts off a little slower, and you can do it at a moderate pace when the risk of injury is very low. When the warm-up is required is if the introductory activity is intense. Sprinting, quick changes of direction. Now, now we're talking about doing a warm-up because you have to prepare the body um, 
and reduce the chance of injury. Now, the introductory activity, or I guess we can call it game one, is designed to highlight the need for students to work on one specific skill or tactic. Now, you, as the teacher, will already know that problem you want to highlight in, in the practice section coming up. So it should be a game-like uh, activity incorporating elements of fun and often uh, some sort of appropriate competition. This should not be 11-on-11 soccer or 5-on-5 basketball. Right? Um, step number two, you should know this, is the tactical awareness or what I call questions. So the tactical awareness discussion is where the teacher uses questioning uh, so that the students identify the need to practice that uh, day's lesson topics. Um, so the tactical questioning is a, it, it's a challenging skill, especially for a new teacher. It develops over time, much like what you would see in debriefing activities in adventure uh, skills. So you have a bunch of different types of questions that you can ask, right? We can talk about tactical awareness. So uh, what do you need to do in order to make a pass okay we can talk about the specific skill and movement how do you perform an overhead pass okay we can talk about time when is the best time to perform an overhead pass and then discussing space so where is the open space and then finally talking about risk talking about which choice so which choice is the safest pass when X scenario happens. So an example of how I ask these questions in a basketball lesson, uh, let's say we, we maybe started on uh, three versus two offense, defense, uh, three on offense, two on defense. So the teacher would say, after the end of that three on two scenario, the teacher would say, what was the purpose of the game? The students are responding, uh, to pass the ball to an open player so they can score. Great. What did you make? What did you do to make this possible? Um, well, we passed the ball. Absolutely. What else did you have to do? Um, we had to get to open open space to catch the ball. Okay, great. How did you do this? Um, we made fakes and cuts to create an opening. Perfect. Now, how many teams had success getting open and making the pass? Well, not a lot of us. Okay, today we're going to practice creating space and opening up to receive a pass from our teammates so we can score. So that would be the way I would do those tactical questions. Now remember, don't tell your students what they're working on that day, right when you start the class. Ask them questions to get them to recognize the need for what you are teaching. Okay, that's why it's called tactical awareness. A common mistake is for students to go out or teachers to go out and um, after the warm-up, telling the students the lesson focus and why. That totally defeats the whole purpose of the tactical approach. All right, so we're on to step three, which is practice. Now, practice time is a combination of drills and activities where students are practicing the skill or tactic. Uh, teacher then prepares the lesson ahead of time and guides that tactical awareness uh, discussion toward that desired tactic. So as a teacher, you already know what you're going to teach. Your questions guide you into the solution and it'll take a bit of planning and of course practice to learn to redirect, redirect seventh graders wild ambitious answers, but you'll get better at it. 
right? And now we're back into the last part, which is step four of four. And that is the game or game two, right? So the last part is the fun game form that reinforces the lesson topic. Now, this must be more game-like than the practice segment, right? And it can actually sometimes be and often is the introductory activity, but many times you can add more restrictions to help reinforce the skills that you've been meaning to work on. Now, remember, you can run a three-on-three. You can run a three-on-one or a three-on-two, and you can overload the offense, and that's totally fine. Right. Um, you can do this um, in a team scrimmage. And so you can do this in a bunch of different ways. And as a any good physical educator, you wrap up with a closure. So the sequence in a nutshell, again, you got your game, tactical awareness, practice and game. Now, there are common uh, tactical problems, and you could break these down into three categories. So the first one is scoring or being on offense. And the second one is preventing scoring or being on defense. And the last one is restarting play. So if we're looking at scoring or being on offense, you could talk about maintaining possession of the ball or attacking the goal, right? creating space in an attack or using space while on offense. Um, when we look at preventing scoring or being on defense, you could approach the lesson through figuring out how to defend space, um, defending the goal, or winning the ball. And when we talk about restarting play, uh, there could be set plays like uh, a corner kick in soccer or a free kick or an offside or out of bounds or passing the ball in or a tip off or a face off. Uh, the tactical approach also includes this game classification system that's geared um, towards specific tactical problems. And you might have also actually heard um, these, these team games kind of, or these activities broken down into the four categories. So one would be invasion games. The second would be net and wall games. Third would be striking and fielding games. And then finally, the fourth is a target game. So invasion games are, you know, ha European handball, basketball, soccer, ice hockey, rugby, football, ultimate frisbee, lacrosse. So anything that you're invading the other team's, um, team's field, right, or their side. The net and wall games, uh, badminton, tennis, pickleball, volleyball, um, table tennis, things like that. Um, striking and fielding games. The third category would be softball, baseball, cricket. Um, and then finally, target games, the fourth category, which would be golf, bowling, darts, archery. Now, why I bring this up is each of these games that, that are listed in the four categories has important tactical problems that we need to figure out in order to be successful in the activities. And much of this crosses over from activity to activity. And this is what uh, in this model is called tactical transfer, um, which is basically applying similar tactical problems across several games. So learning a give and go in one activity can be applied in several other invasion activities, therefore allowing you to teach new information in the next unit since they already learned this concept through another sport. Now, tactical transfer is the reason it's good to sequence related activities. Um, so keeping in an invasion game unit 
or, uh, or set of units um, because one improves the other. So my final pitch here uh, for the tactical games approach is this. Look, it creates interest and excitement for the skills being taught. Students are learning through the games and it's less about skills and drills and more about the games themselves. All right. You also reduce the questions of when can we play the game? Right? Why are we doing this? So you start each lesson with a game right away. Right? And then you have a why built in for each activity. And secondly, we're using knowledge as empowerment. With the tactical games approach, students are learning the context of the skills because they're learning them in real scenarios but in modified settings. So this should give them the courage to walk into a pickup game as they understand the skills in the game-like scenarios, not just the discrete skills like passing to a partner in a closed setting, right? Now, there are tons of resources out there to help you plan if you're thinking about this. Tons of uh, lesson plans and ideas all over the internet. Uh, a great book, if you want to purchase it, is Teaching Sport concepts and skills, a tactical games approach for ages 7 to 18. Um, this is by Mitchell, Oslin, and Griffin, another unplayed paid plug, but this, this book is full of lesson plans that you can utilize and start practicing with. Um, there's also a lot that I left out in this introduction, and, and clearly a podcast should not teach you the entire model or how to implement it. This was meant to just give you uh, a starter on your explore, exploration. So to wrap up, remember, game one, questions, practice, game two. Hope you got a bit of an understanding of what this model is. Uh, that's all I got, and thanks for listening.